1: What's up, you guys? Sean Rossad, Managing Editor of FightfulWrestling.com. It is July 14th. It's been a big wrestling weekend. We had Fight for the Fallen on Saturday night. Evolve Saturday night. We reviewed AEW. We had a UFC show. We're going to talk about that Tuesday on the Fightful MMA podcast. But we're here to talk about WWE Extreme Rules 2019. A reminder, you can get all of your wrestling news over at FightfulWrestling.com. We are joined by a man who uh, has contributed heavily, not over the past year. No, that side of things. Alex Palowski. Alex, how you doing?
2: Uh, doing well. Had a really uh, great, a great summer week. Like the little one is becoming an actual person, and she's <laughs> like, at, she tries to like have full conversations. I could pick out like every fourth or fifth word. Most of it's just gibberish, but. She's really talking. So, like, we went and did a lot of stuff as a family. It really feels like summer is in a different way now. And then, hey, we got to watch, you know, things on the TV tonight. So that was good.
1: I'm excited to hear when she asks how Ember Moon fits into your picnics. It's
2: true. It's true.
1: Uh, We We will will be joined uh, momentarily by LaToya Ferguson, the author of an encyclopedia of women's wrestling, 100 Profiles of the Strongest in the Sport, I highly recommend that book. It is available on Amazon uh, An encyclopedia of women's wrestling, 100 profiles of the strongest in the sport. Uh, she's getting a few tech things squared away, but she will be joining us shortly. 13 matches in a on this show, Alex. And I got to yeah. say all things considered, this is one of the easiest WWE pay-per-view watches. I remember since I have covered pro wrestling.
2: Yeah, it really had kind of uh, a little bit for everybody. Um, uh, like, you know, it's it's WWE, so it's hit and miss. But the misses weren't offensive. It wasn't like, you know, watching like, oh, this, this, what what's this? It was like, oh, okay, this wasn't what I would have done with the booking or, you know, I didn't love the pace of that match, whatever. But it wasn't like, it was never a, 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 a drudge to watch it. Never, never a drag. It, you know, it moved, honestly, with that many matches, it moved along at as, as kind of a brisk pace. So...
1: Yeah, nothing really seemed like it went too long or anything like that, and they didn't seem like they were killing a bunch of time in between. This was a five-hour show, and it felt five hours, but the pace was good. I kind of liked it, and especially for a show that I went into with little to no expectations. A reminder, guys, you all can submit questions or uh, statements that we will read on the air live if you're watching on YouTube. Donate a Super Chat, any amount that helps pay our writers, our podcasters, uh, for interview setups, all that good stuff. It really supports that. But another way you can support us is subscribing to FightfulSelect.com. I had information on Sasha Banks, on Brock Lesnar, who appeared tonight, on a lot of things over on Fightful Select this afternoon. It's the most direct way to support what we do. I'm running a and a show this week, so I want you guys to uh, send in as many questions as you can when you subscribe over there. Also, uh, I want to send best wishes out to a couple of people. Uh, Jeremy Lambert, one of our writers, uh want to send him a lot of love, as well as Troy, one of our mods, who still watches our shows. He's going through some stuff right now, and we know he's going to be back stronger than ever. But uh, kickoff show had some stuff that was announced last, pretty last minute, Alex. yeah, Nakamura versus Balor, and I'm not going to pretend this match was amazing or anything. I mean, to be honest with you, I called a match for Dark Match Commentary for Fightful Select, and it went very much like this match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there was just more bumping in the in this match. But Nakamura emerges with the Intercontinental title. He is now 4-0 against Finn Balor on TV. He's beaten him on pay-per-view, SmackDown, NXT, and the New Japan Cup. Uh, Nakamura couldn't really get a solid offensive going besides that offensive bodysuit he was wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was... <laughs> uh, he knocked Balor off the top rope. Stopped the coup de gras. Loved the finish. Uh, he ate a mushroom stump. Avoided the coup de gras. Hit two kenchases in one. Uh, they started it off with Balor being really aggressive with the barricade work. What did you think of this one?
2: I thought was I thought it was that uh, was fine. Like it was uh, a, 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 a good you know six out of ten. Like it was, it was there. Nothing wrong with it uh, necessarily, uh, but like I, I, I watch these things a lot. Of the po- like, for like, what's the story they've told up until this point? How does this match add to that story, or does the story appear to be going after this? And this story was kind of non-existent. It was like Finn Balor's like, "Hey, you've just beaten Andrade a bunch of times. What are you gonna do now?" I was like, "I don't know." Shinsuke Nakamura walks up and says, "I'll fight you," and that's how the feud starts. Not really all that inspiring.
0: They, they,
1: they take a cue, like I, I often see a lot of people say, well, why can't they do it like New Japan where people could just come out and challenge them? And I'm like, they do. yeah that That is all that happens with these middle tier yeah. titles.
2: Yeah, but, and then Nakamura got a match versus Finn Balor on TV, beat him soundly, gets a match here, beats him again, you know, not as soundly as before, but still beats him clean. There was no shenanigans on his part. He, he beat Finn Balor really easily. Uh, near the end, I love, I did feel, like the ending, I, I thought the, the pace of the match was fine, now we, we get to a point where, hey, great, you finally remembered you have Shinsuke Nakamura on your roster, good, you don't get a cookie for that, though, because you've had the belt on Finn Balor for months, and done basically nothing with it, like, Finn Balor could not be, like, more over with a, with a huge segment of, of the, of the fan base, and he really didn't, do anything with him when he he had the title so I don't have high hopes that you're gonna now make the IC title picture great now that Nakamura's got the got the strap but I'm I I think a heel Nakamura could be very good for the title and the title would be very good for a heel Nakamura
1: and that does have to call his contract status into question because it was due to expire this year I don't know if he's re-signed or not but uh, we'll see how it goes Uh, some super chats Brian Medina says what was both what was better AEW Fight for the Fallen or Extreme Rules that question also got sent uh from Anthony Ace yeah i enjoyed this better than Fight for the Fallen and i thought that Fight for the Fallen was pretty solid but i thought that some of their matches went a li- not a little too long way too long but uh, Alex we didn't get your thoughts on Fight for the Fallen last night
2: well i i haven't been able to able to, to watch it yet but um f- from my, my the complaints that i read about were a lot of like Oh, um, so we're just going to have really long pay-per-view matches like WWE. I thought you guys were going to be a little different. It's early yet. Let's figure out where, where they go from here. But if that's the main complaint, you know, your matches drag on for too long. Maybe maybe that's something you guys should look at.
1: Aaron Jay's fan says, overall, good show. Yeah, I think so too. I think this was uh, an exceptional show. I, I really enjoyed it. Up next on the pre-show, Drew Gulak defeated Tony Nese. Gulak gets a good reaction in Philly. Yeah. That was cool to see, Alex.
2: Yeah, that was great. It was really good that the, the Philly came out for their boy, um, and and Gulak, is, as I've said, has been um, just so great his entire time on the roster. I saw somebody uh, making a, a point that they they enjoy um, funny Gulak more than serious Gulak, and uh, my thing is that honestly. You could talk me into either position. They were doing it with a little greater than sign on funny Gulak. And my thing is you could put an equal sign. Like he does funny, like wacky Gulak just as good as he does serious, I'm going to rip your arm off Gulak. I think that that's the mark of a really, really talented performer. I'm really glad that he gets to keep this belt going forward. Um, you know, As I said, I pitched a dream feud of, of him versus Chad Gable over on 205 Live to reignite that brand. I really like this match, and I'm glad that Gulag gets to keep the belt.
1: Yeah, uh, they were pulling out the stops really early. Uh, a lot of people complained about the placing. It's the right place on the card for this. For this, yeah. I, I thought it was good. I, I say that all the time. Nice hit a cool moonsaw, but it was stupid, and I wish <laughs> Gulag wouldn't have went with it. Yeah. That holding the top rope shit, man. Uh, just let go. Like, Is there an electrical charge in those ropes? What's going on?
2: I I don't know. I feel like there's there's ways of um of holding figuring out a different positioning where that it doesn't require him to be holding himself up, it's draped across the bottom rope, kind of like laying half on the apron, half on the rope. You could do it that way, as opposed to holding yourself up. It's not great.
1: Anything else that stood out to you? Gulag planning Nice with a big power bomb is yeah, pretty that,
2: good. That that whole sequence that, that li- leading up to um. Tony Nice going for a uh, sunset flip powerbomb or code red, whatever you want to call it. Um, and Gulak grabbing onto the ropes, the top rope being pulled off into uh, set up for his own, his own powerbomb. Uh, I thought that was a fantastic sequence. These guys have trained together for years. They know each other really well. They work together really great in the ring. Um, as I said, happy to see uh, Gulak uh, keeping the belt moving forward, but I honestly was not sold on Tony Nese as being the new champion after Buddy Murphy, but he proved during his reign that he could really go. And he, he, he belonged as a champion for the, for the time he held it. Uh, But I am glad now to see that it stays with Gulak.
1: Yeah. As am I, the cyclone crash wins it for him. Solid matches. Uh, The rope holding spots immediately took me out of it. I'll tell you what over delivered undertaker and Roman reigns, defeating Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. This was the pay-per-view opener, and what a good decision that was. Yeah. <laughs> whoever decided, whoever made that final, or not the final call, the pitch, and said, you know what, let's have this open. They're, they're on top of things. This was good. This match didn't need to happen when the crowd was tired. Uh-huh. It needed to happen right here. This was awesome. Roman Reigns and Undertaker got pretty good reactions. Uh, this is no holds barred, and I'm not sure how that's different than anything else, Alex.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I don't see what 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 the holds barred thing had to do with anything. I mean, they used chairs a couple of times. Is that a hold? Like it was a weird deal like, you know, we're gonna make this extreme rules y type thing. Just have them beat each other up. You know, it's it's not not rocket science. At one point though, somebody asked me like why are if there's extreme rules and it's the no holds barred, why are like why are they even making tags? Like It turns out the only hold that's not barred is holding the the tag rope. Am I right, kids? Hey. No, it's
1: not. should mean that they're not allowed to do arm bars. You're not allowed to do barred holds. (laughs) No knee bars. No arm bars. Yes. None of them. No ice cream bars. Not even the art bar frog splash. You can't do it. Yep. Banned. Banned. Each man has a little interaction. Shane builds up some heat. Undertaker gets a pop for old school. Alex, did you notice what I noticed when Taker and Drew went face to face? What's that? They're practically the same size these
2: days. Yeah, it's it's weird that they like they they lied to us about how tall certain people were at a certain time. Like Undertaker, who's a legit between six eight and six ten. Seven feet one inches tall, but I mean, Drew ain't anywhere near that tall. No, he's like no. six four, six five. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, he's six six five. He's he's got he's got a little lifties in his boots, but uh yeah, he. I mean, everybody.
1: A lot of people say that they're like, oh, well, there are lifts in the boots. There are lifts in friggin' Air Force Ones if That's you wear true. them in the ring. That's true. I see that a lot of people saying. I would, oh. say,
2: I would say in his boots, he's around six foot six, and the same thing looks to be around the same thing for for Taker. Whatever it is, I mean all well, Taker all,
1: shrinking man
2: take t- well taker uh deserves to shrink that man's been around for a long time
1: well you know what not everybody deserves to shrink and if you don't want to have to worry about shrinkage <laughs> if you don't want to have to worry about not measuring up you can check out our friends at blue chew and your penis will be really hard that's Blue chew. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, whether you're one match in or 13 matches in. You're just going to, you know what's up. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so they can be ready whenever you are. They're prescribed online. They ship straight to your door in a discreet package no in-person doctor's visit. They show up like a member of the Dark Order in AEW They do, just without the crappy promos. <laughs> you don't have to wait in the pharmacy. You don't have to wait for a bunch of druids to show up. You don't have to. They're made in the USA, and since Bluetooth prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, you get your first shipment free when you use our code FIGHTFUL. Just pay that $5 shipping Hit them up at Blue Chew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us and you knew you didn't have to deal with shrinkage. Tyler says, God, Taker looks great. Looks 30 pounds slimmer than that hip surgery must have helped. I guess Goldberg was the problem. FYI, Harden and Westbrook won't work. Well, you know what? They said that Reigns and Taker wouldn't work either. They do. And look at us now.
2: Now here's the thing. Apparently they were marketing a shirt for their for their tag team, calling them the graveyard dogs. And I can't believe Michael Cole didn't just just lose his mind calling them that the entire way through.
1: Latoya, do we have you?
3: I'm here. Uh, my camera's not working for some reason. I'm, I'm, I think I'm almost done fixing it, though. Okay.
1: As soon as I see you, you pop up on there. I'll throw it to you. Again, guys, we are going to be joined imminently by uh, Latoya Ferguson, author of an encyclopedia of women's wrestling, 100 Profiles of the Strongest in the Sport. You guys can check that out. Uh, Buy it on Amazon. Uh, Taker ran off Shane McMahon with a chair. It's left to Roman and Drew for a little bit, but uh, Drew ate a Samoan drop and a post. Taker got that hot tag, beat up the returning Shane. Uh, The Undertaker clotheslines weren't too hot, and that's really my only complaint with this, Alex. Elias showed up, cracked Undertaker with a guitar, implied that he was going to stab Undertaker in the face.
2: (laughs) What?! Just take it down a notch, Elias. Did you see that? <laughs> did you think it was going to happen? I did not. Um, but uh, yeah, this is this was interesting. They 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 strategically got Roman out of things so they could have everybody gang up on Taker. Uh, this was honestly really well put together, well crafted. This whole section of the match.
1: So after that, <laughs> Drew ends up saving uh, Elias with the Claymore, and Shane hits that elbow drop through a table. It's amazing that he could do that. You know what's also amazing? He hit that coast-to-coast, to coast too. Mm-hmm. Shane McMahon had a damn good night in that ring.
2: He did, you know, because he's the best in the world. So you gotta, you got to expect it at this point. That's true. Uh, Roman
1: Reigns takes out all the heels but Shane, and Taker sits up. Great reaction. Yeah. Uh, choke slam on Shane and Elias, another massive pop. I, you know, I complain about WWE production an awful lot, Alex, but there's this shot of Undertaker looking at the hard cam and Drew McIntyre just emerges. Yep. That was art.
2: Yeah, no, it absolutely was. It was and it was intentional. Uh, there's, there's a, uh, well, I don't know, a rumor going around, but there are people who, who are sources for certain people I've read that they want to do a McIntyre versus uh, Taker match, even at, as soon as SummerSlam and that shot is going to be the centerpiece of the video package that previews that for for whatever they do it of uh, Drew McIntyre unafraid standing up behind the the Undertaker. They did a Drew did a fantastic job all night of portraying a guy who wasn't wasn't scared of the Undertaker like that. That was a really cool thing we can build on from there. I, I, I've said Drew McIntyre's ceiling is way higher than Shane's henchman. Like, you can do a lot of things with him beyond building on what he did in tonight's match.
1: Well, our ceiling just got a little bit higher. We are now joined by LaToya Ferguson, again.
3: I'm here, officially.
1: The author of an encyclopedia of women's wrestling, 100 Profiles of the Strongest in the Sport. LaToya, what, we, we talked about the pre-show. What did you think of this Undertaker-Roman reigns Shane McMahon-Drew McIntyre match that everybody was saying over-delivered?
3: Yeah, I was really surprised. I was when they announced it would be the first match on the card, I was like, "Yay, they'll get it out of the way very quickly." Yeah. And then it exceeded my expectations. I was watching it with my mother, and we were both so impressed by Undertaker. Literally the best he's looked in years. He was he was just going. I was like, "Wow, this is the Undertaker I want to see show up." It was awesome.
1: So the that after that shot, uh he gets tombstoned um or Actually, Shane got tombstoned and beaten. Uh, Drew got speared, I believe it was. Yep, so Alex, do you see this as all the Shane push like kind of wasted now on Undertaker, or is there still a little juice left there for Kevin Owens?
2: No, no, don't you understand? You got to give the young guy the rub, you know, got to give that young talent the rub by beating Shane and- McMahon. Um, no, I don't know. It's a weird deal. The problem that you have with it is you have Shane involved in so many storylines that I don't. I don't know of him getting beaten by the Undertaker. I think that erases his feud with Roman Reigns. But the Miz is out here still wanting a piece of Shane McMahon. Is that still going on? Wait, Kevin Owens is over here. He wants a piece of Shane McMahon. That's I know still going on. So I mean, is is the is Shane still Shane with all of his henchmen until? All three of his feuds are are over, and he's been pinned by all three of the people he's feuding with? I mean, I I don't know. I'm assuming. I don't think this is the end of Shane McMahon, his reign of terror by any means. The story they're telling with, with Kevin Owens is far too compelling.
1: A couple of assessments I have. As it turns out, Undertaker can have a good match when his opponent doesn't have a concussion going into it. Yep. Two, Shane McMahon is a better wrestler than Bill Goldberg. (laughs)
3: <laughs> and well, I,
1: mean- <laughs> I don't think it's debatable. You can say what you want about the guy. Um, This just was really good. I was told this, this segment went about four minutes over the time that it was allotted. And I, I think they think with good reason and yeah. the revival had to follow that up with the Usos. I thought they did a really good job. This was old school heel heat building wrestling from the revival and masterful babyface work from the Usos that pop-up Samoan drop scared the living shit out of me, yep. <laughs> but they had some amazing spots. The Superplex into the Splash, the Uso Splash that broke it up, and the Shatter Machine. LaToya, what would you think about this? The Revival and the Usos, two of the best tag teams that are doing it.
3: What took them so long? We had right. to deal with a lot of goofiness to get to this point. Uh, let us always forget Usoy Hot. Um <laughs> I was just happy they got the time. And even though despite how long they've been feuding, they didn't really have a lot of actual preparation for the feud, but like it was a great match. I, they did, they did what you would expect of them and they can only, they could do even better, honestly, SummerSlam or whatever.
1: Alex, your thoughts on this one? This is the kind of match we want to see the revival in. If you want them to be over, yep. the USOs, in my estimation, are bulletproof. Oh yeah, that, that they're they're going to be over yeah. almost all the time because, as we've seen over the past decade, especially the last five years, yeah. they know when to evolve and they know when to change.
2: Yes, that's true, and they're they're uh, they they have many many uh, tag team reigns left in them. They don't need to like. You can't think. Oh well, they lost this. This is going to be their last shot at the titles. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, they got a, a long career ahead of them. Uh, the revival did everything that made them so great in NXT. I I've often said they they they're heels who cheat by not cheating. Like they follow the rules, but but not really. Like but there's great things like like Dash Wilder going around to like get involved trying to prevent what the, the Uso from tagging in. But then that creates a distraction. The ref has to try and get Dash back to his corner, which allows Dawson to get in and do, do stuff to the other who's legal. And then Dawson, I love, fake passes out in his own corner. <laughs> like, and he, he, like, peeks and makes sure nobody's looking, and he, he laughs. Like, Scott Dawson's a national treasure. I love that guy. Uh, and one of the things I also love about these two is they've turned the shatter machine into one of those uh, things that they can hit out of nowhere. And it's really, really great as a tag team because, because every time uh, Scott Dawson picks up a guy, he's got to know that Dash Wilder's in position to do his part of the tag team maneuver. It's not like the end of days where all it requires is Baron Corbin to have a guy running at him. Like you've got to have the guy running at Scott Dawson and Dash has got to be there. So the fact that they always manage to figure out new ways of hitting the Shatter Machine, which is one of the best tag team finishers ever, uh, and I, I still, again, love how the Revival always do nods to great tag teams of the past, including what they love doing, the the power and glory finisher, the superplex into the yeah. frog splash. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it, love it.
1: George Elmer says, R.A.P. Brock Party era, great show. Demon Diva is very excited. She just says, Beastie. Thank you guys for the super chats. Alistair Black got his wish, took on Cesaro, uh, early on, I didn't think Alistair Black was opening up enough. He was just doing kind of moonsaults. So then he threw those kicks. I was like, all right, here we go. And boy, this turned into some real, some real ass thumping. And not in the blue chew manner. Not, not, no blue chew here. Uh, there is an amazing counter out of a Meteora where Cesaro manages to catch Alistair Black, throw him up, hit a European uppercut. Black followed up with a knee. Both men were selling knee injuries and slugging it out. Uh, there was a heel hook countered into a sharp shooter. Crowd loved this. Black eventually connected with Black Mass and won. Uh, Latoya, I want to know what you thought of the match and uh, if you thought this was a fitting reintroduction for Alistair Black.
3: Oh, definitely. I, I loved. It was a, a fast-paced match. But I, just, I don't think I expected that as much when it happened. I was like, "This is awesome," but I thought I, I was expecting a more methodical match. But I love what I got. Uh, it's kind of disappointing for me that Cesaro lost, but, uh, Alistair Black after weeks of being locked in that dark room with no one to help him out. uh, I'm glad this was the match we got, honestly. Uh, just both men, their athleticism is off the charts. Um, I think this is exactly what Alistair needed after all those weeks in that, in that dark room.
1: Alex, this was the traditional, like we, we've seen this for decades. You, you, reintroduce somebody or you introduce somebody you give them a win uh perhaps many thought that alice black would look a little bit more dominant but they made cesaro look really strong leading into this and i think that's good i think having a strong cesaro yeah. is a good thing
2: yeah no this is um this is great all around uh when you have somebody like cesaro be the guy to uh to you know pick a fight to answer the challenge really uh you don't want that guy to then and get his ass kicked. He's got to. Yeah. He's got to come out. Come out with the fire and actually, uh, you know, take the fight to Alistair Black, which he did. And Alistair Black was there. Alistair Black doesn't want you to pick a fight with him so he can immediately beat you. He wants. He wants a real fight. That's why he. That's why he relished the fact that it was Cesaro who t- who challenged him and not some jobber. Like he wanted a real fight and he got one. Like that was what I loved about this match. Is both men just love fighting. And I, that was a really cool story of that. Uh, Cesaro looked like a trillion dollars in defeat. Uh, some of the stuff he could do is just, he's just so strong and agile. Uh, and I, again, I, I, I'm going to say this forever. I love that uh, Alistair Black, he, he just, he took, he was he was on the ropes, basically. And then one quick kick followed by the Black Mass, it's over. I love that he ends fights like an mma yeah. fight like yeah like he was and, he was he was behind on points and me he tell won you guys, that thing with a knockout that kick
1: is not easy to land on the button the way that he does it yeah. is very very difficult handicap mash, raw women's championship now backstage alexa bliss runs into r-truth looking for drake maverick now the longest reigning 24 7 champion ever hmm. alexa tries to send him into the restroom carmela doesn't let him Then we see the Street Profits backstage who ask where the party is. They ask how this co-champion gimmick's going to work. Latoya, how do you feel about the usage of the Street Profits so far? They've been backstage. They've got the NXT titles. Not doing a whole lot else besides they kind of narrate the show at some points.
3: I mean, if I assumed that the intent was to be a Shakespearean narrator, I would love it. But I don't think that's what the intent <laughs> is. It's just, uh, look at the fun black people. That's what I'm getting from it a lot. Uh, and I'm like, hey, why don't they wrestle at least a little bit? Just a little bit. You can narrate and also wrestle. That's-
1: yeah, I would love to see like the B team run into them and then them just absolutely beat the living shit out of the B team in a quick match yep. or something. I mean, it's not going to hurt the B team. It'll only help the street profits. And what I don't need to see is any back and forth. They can run through these guys. it's yeah. okay. They're yeah. champions. So Bliss gifts Nikki Cross a shirt. <laughs> uh, I love how excited Nikki Cross always is. And uh, the match goes down. Bailey runs through both opponents before getting slowed down. I will say this. Alexa is noticeably faster in the ring since coming back. Uh, she looks like she is on her game. Uh, we posted on Fightful Select last week. She was missing some time with an illness, but she was back in the into things. There was a nasty tree of woe here, but Bailey hits, uh, I guess, what we'll call the Bailey to back on Nikki, slams Alexa on her, does this great modified deathlock and a bank mm. statement.
2: Yeah. Now,
1: uh, a lot of people were like, what the hell's up with Sasha? Let me tell you guys anybody who's claiming they have the news on Sasha, she keeps a tight circle. She keeps a very tight circle. What she wants out there gets out there. Uh, she was not there tonight. Was not supposed to be there tonight. Wasn't listed on the script. But Bailey gets knees up on Twisted Bliss. Catches Nikki with a big knee. uh, Hit the flying elbow and won. I thought all three women were exceptional here. This didn't go too long. But LaToya, you literally wrote the book on women's wrestling. What would you think of this match? Uh,
3: I was, you know... I don't even know I was cautiously optimistic about it. But I was hoping it wouldn't just be a mess considering it's a two-on-one handicap match for a title, which is their way of getting extreme. But I was highly sports entertained by the match. People forget, and uh, I guess this current storyline is helping to remind them, Bailey is, a, like, a beast. Bailey lays her shit in. Bailey can just, like, she's probably, I would say, honestly, the most physical of the oh, four yeah. horsewomen, honestly. And just watching her wreck shop was beautiful. And it kind of just makes up for the, the original Bailey-Alexa-Bliss feud, honestly.
1: I, I think if Becky laid her shit in as much as Bailey did, I think that would go a long way in sustaining her character. I think that's been one yeah. of my qualms with yeah. Becky's work, is that like she does that second rope kick, and it just kind of looks like she's nudging somebody back. If Bailey's doing that kick, she's probably going to knock him out of the ring. Oh, yeah.
3: But, you know, Becky is also dealing, especially these past few months, with just a, a a more inexperienced person. She doesn't really have anyone to lay her shit into anyway.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Alex, after this match, we didn't get Nikki turning on or or, Nikki turning or Alexa turning. We have a super chat from Anthony a saying, should Alexa and Nikki compete for the tag titles? I think they should. I don't see why not. I love them together. Um, What'd you think of this, Alex?
2: I think this is, this is, um, I mean, I, I'm I'm of two minds on this. Like, you set up this whole thing that it seemed like all those all the potential storylines moving forward were um, either uh, Nikki pins uh, Bailey and Alexa says great now I'm the champ and Nikki says boy I thought we were born to be co-champs and Alexa says no uh, that's a story or th- they actually become co-champions for a while that's a story or. Uh, Nikki loses and Alexa turns on, on Nikki or Nikki wins and says, now I'm the champion and Alexa, you're not allowed. to. All the things come out of it as opposed to this, which is just Bailey wins, which is great for Bailey. Like I'm really happy Bailey didn't get made, made to look like a chump like she has before versus Alexa, but now what? And I think a lot, a lot of the now what we're going to see is going to be on SmackDown. But the problem I have with that is again, Alexa's on Raw. Alexa should go back to Raw. Like, there's all these <laughs> people on SmackDown who should be, like, Sonya Deville is killing it. Why, why doesn't Sonya Deville get a, a match with Bailey? Are you killing? Are you kidding me? You're talking about uh, Latoya, about how Bailey lays her shit in. Like, her versus Sonya, like, that would be some hard I mean- stuff. I'd love to see that.
3: Yeah, the the thing I suggest to everyone recently, these past few months to watch, is the Worlds Collide uh, episode, the women's episode. Yeah. Like, um, one of my favorite matches of the year is still uh, Candice versus Kaylee Ray, where it's literally just, like, they're trying to murder each other. And, 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 like, the opening match of this uh, episode, I'm like, everyone needs to see this. There's so many... We we all know that WWE is just full of insane talent, but the women, it's just... There's endless talent, and they're not getting enough. And we had a 12-card pay-per-view. 13 only one,
1: by the end oh, of it.
3: Jesus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, only one actual like women's match, and then you have the mixed tag team match. That's unacceptable, honestly.
1: D-Lo Dig says, did you guys catch the WWE Watch Along? KO jumped on Adam Cole, and Matt Hardy yelled, it's a Mount Rushmore reunion. Yeah, uh, Adam Cole was there, and he was there to do the Watch Along and filming something else. I'm told he flies back in the morning, so probably shouldn't hold your breath for anything else. (laughs) Rob Wilkins says, can Rusev come back from the dead like Warren Hayes? He asked for some time off from what I heard or I thought saw was reported somewhere, but he probably needed that time off. Last man standing, Braun Strowman defeated Bobby Lashley. These are two guys who have been booked just so sadly up until this feud. And, for better or for worse, the arm wrestling drew numbers. The tug <laughs> of war drew numbers. Uh, them destroying the set was very cool, and this was out- outstanding. Just uh, they, they mow each other down with spears and tackles. Lashley uses chairs and stairs. They brawl into the concession area. You guys know how I feel about that. I'm a big fan of taking things into a different environment, showing people different parts of the, the arena. Uh, I'm not a fan of when production absolutely shits the bed on shaking and zooming. When Lashley gets suplexed into the wall, that is a tough bump. And production just ruins it. Lashley speared Strowman through the barricade at ringside. And it looked like Strowman's head bounced off the mats. Almost bounced off the stairs. But uh, Lashley lamely pushes Strowman over the table. But Strowman has to get up from under that table. Does so heaves Lashley over the announcers row, the international announcers row, and power slam power slams Lashley like off a concourse or something. Uh, this was good stuff. Uh, Braun Strowman got out and won. I thought this was everything it needed to be, Alex. But I want to know how you feel.
2: Uh, I thought this was great. This was a, a this was the the absolute next logical step after that amazing uh, false count anywhere match they had a couple weeks ago on Raw. Uh, I would have loved it if neither of them had been out there. It's a weird deal. WWE loves to have people recover from crazy stuff they shouldn't recover from in a week. Uh, But I I thought the pace of this match was really great. Um, One thing I don't want to slight is Lashley leaping over that barricade to then be tossed using his own momentum in, <laughs> into the poor international guy, because that guy did not look like he was ready for that.
3: I like, screamed, poor Sean. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that was not good. Um, uh, but I, I also, I did love, um, I was kind of saying to myself, okay, what's, what's the big spot here that's going to end this? And I, re- I saw all the plywood and everything. Okay, he's going to power slam him off of whatever this is. Through that plywood roof And then he's going to what? Break through the wall And then he d- did the exact thing Like it's one of those things Where if you can like Call it ahead of time And you think Oh they'll never do that It would be awesome though And then they do it You're like <laughs> Okay Alright Golf clap you guys, you guys did everything I wanted you to I thought that was great Somebody texted me Braun is the Kool-Aid man Oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah he is Yeah
1: Oh man uh, Latoya How'd you feel about this one?
3: I feel that Braun Strowman is at his best when he is either trying to actually murder someone or someone is trying to actually murder him, which is why, of course, uh, going through the stage spot is amazing. Um, being put in a dumpster, like a trash compactor is amazing, obviously, uh, not fit in the comedy stuff. So I was like, this is great. And I feel like Bobby Lashley should also. I think that's where his character works. He should be in that place where he is trying to either murder someone or someone is trying to murder him. Because nothing else has worked with Bobby Lashley, really. Not being like one of Baron Corbin's lackeys. Not talking about how much he loves his sisters. Just you know, trying to kill his his uh, competition. So sometimes that's what wrestling should be: just nonsense and Kool Aid Man uh, antics.
1: I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. I like that stuff. Him tearing up stuff works. Yeah. That's it's just what has always worked. Uh, New Day as tag team champions traditionally works, and that's what happened here. I don't know what happened with Heavy Machinery and WWE over the last month, but I look forward to their matches now. Yep. And I had these people say, well, they were always awesome. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know if them going, oh, Alexa, yeah. Uh, that's not my jam, guys. It's not... That's not what I tune in for, is for Otis having a seizure because he sees some blonde girl. Hey, not my thing. Uh, early on, I thought Daniel Bryan really capitalized off of the question that we always ask in these matches why? Why are they reaching for the ropes? Why is this? Why, why are they following the rules? Why are they doing any of this? Daniel Bryan's like, uh, there's no DQ. I can hold on to this as long as I want. You can try to get to the ropes all you want. I don't give a damn. Uh, Biggie had a, a great hot tag. YOLO dived onto Brian. Brian grabs his head, that son of a bitch, uh-huh. like he does every time and freaks people out. Uh, I didn't like that everybody had to stand around waiting on Otis to dive. They didn't have to wait on Tucker, which was good. Uh, Biggie got hit with the compactor. But Brian makes a blind tag before this Tower of Doom followed up with a diving headbutt and a label lock, turned it into a bow and arrow stretch, which was really good. But then Biggie cracks Brian with the clothesline, catches Brian midair on a moonsault, does the midnight hour, and New Day win it. I wasn't expecting this, but damn, I like it because you can't have New Day lose too many of... You can't have them lose too often, I think. They, they are a marquee act. They are a special act. Uh, LaToya, New Day as tag team champions... I'm interested to see what you think. And I want to know where you think Daniel Bryan goes from here.
3: I'm always here for New Day as champions, especially with uh, Kofi as champion. Obviously, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm really (laughs) glad that they all three ended up as champions at the end of the night. It would have been really sad if Kofi had lost. Um, Yeah, New Day, it's... I'm excited to see what happens next, definitely. Bryan and Rowan, what... See, I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Um, I'm... It's really interesting. It's I feel like SmackDown stealthily, because everyone was saying SmackDown has no tag team division, really. And they stealthily like, build up a really good division, especially with heavy machinery. No one was expecting them to be taken seriously at all. They put on great showings. The crowd loves them. It's impressive. I'll give them that. Because a lot of things have not been impressive lately. And when they actually do something well, of course, I'll say it.
1: Alex, uh, good tag team wrestling here. There were some spots I didn't like, but this show, I thought, really knocked it out of the park with tag team wrestling, all things considered, especially with some of the qualms I had about last night's tag team wrestling and the rules that were or weren't enforced. You're going to be able to pick those out no matter what, especially on this show. Uh, What would you think?
2: Yeah, um, this is is really, really great tag team wrestling, and also it, it allowed everyone a chance to shine and a chance to do some really cool stuff. Otis is incredibly, incredibly strong and he's a lot of fun to watch. I think I was with you, all the stuff they were that they had heavy machinery doing when they were first called up uh, because a lot of it wasn't wrestling. A lot of yeah. it was just hanging out backstage, drinking weird protein shakes,
1: shaking their dicks at people. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Three prophets, yeah. Basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the <laughs> thing is like, that's that's why I have I, I don't have as me, as much pessimism about uh, the the street prophets as maybe I should because I I believe that when they finally allow the street prophets to get in the ring and do their stuff, people will fall in love with them the same way they they've fallen in love with heavy machinery. But like Otis was like is like the boy who cried who cried <laughs>
3: because like
2: you think that's all he can do and all of a sudden he gets in the ring and he can actually go. Like that's that's the interesting thing about him. I don't know how long you can just pigeonhole him into giant round oaf without uh, without also accounting for the fact that this dude can actually go. Um, I thought that it was all. I, I didn't love how both heavy machinery guys were taken out like six minutes before the match ended. It felt like they were out out of the picture way too early for the. But I did love Big E's whole like. Not giving up no matter what, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Like, let's not forget who it was who had him in, the, in those um, submissions. Like Biggie refused to give up to those things. He took all of all of uh, uh, Daniel Bryan's kicks to the chest. He said, "Give me more." He got up. You you watch that sequence with Daniel Bryan, and then also catching him out of the air for the moonsault. Like, and somebody needs to explain to me why Biggie has is not currently a former. Multi-time singles champion. That guy. Yeah. That guy's been so good for so long. He's the next one. Like once Kofi's done with his reign, like I'm not saying it has got to end tomorrow, but once that's done, the next guy from the New Day who gets a singles championship run, it's got to be Big E. He's great.
1: I think Xavier's great too. That's that's he the is, benefit yeah, of having is, this act. They're all outstanding. He is. WDB, oh, actually, uh, New Day are celebrating backstage, and Paul Heyman walks through Gorilla, teases that Brock Lesnar is going to be there, but also implies that he might be lying because yeah. he's Paul Heyman, of because. course. Uh, Rob Wilkins, thank you for the super chat, says, shout out to J- Jeremy Lambert. Miss you, buddy. Yeah, we all do. Uh, he'll be back uh, in the fold soon. Uh, send your love to Jeremy. He's uh, part of our Fightful family and uh, definitely here for him. AJ Styles defeated Ricochet to become a three-time United States champion. Anderson and Gallows jumped Ricochet ahead of the match, even though AJ had said he didn't reform the club because he got beat by Ricochet. Uh, ricochet did a shooting star-like clothesline off the apron that broke the apron. It broke the LED board. I don't know. Uh, he did a backflip into an enziguri, a dive, a lion salt, all kinds of stuff. But when I see all that, the mo- the thing I'm most impressed with is like that deadlift suplex he does, like the fact that he's able to do that to guys that are even bigger than him are, are really awesome. And Styles did this incredible suplex into the Tree of Woe. Like there there are not a lot of guys that could have pulled that off, but Ricochet was one of them. These guys were just dropping each other hard, hitting each other hard, flying everywhere. They were allowed to do what got them over to the point to where WWE would want to sign them. And that has gone so far in Ricochet. Uh, Ricochet does a great shooting star press, but Anderson shows that Styles' foot is under the ropes. And I, I've had people say, okay, explain that to me. What, what does that matter? It's like stepping out of bounds in basketball. You can't shoot a shot while you're out of bounds. You can't pin somebody while you're out of bounds. Any part of you out of bounds doesn't matter. That That's the rule. So you don't just have to touch the rope or grab the rope ricochet gets distracted eats a backwards second rope styles clash oh i've seen hundreds if not uh, probably hundreds of aj styles matches i don't remember that and if so it's been a long ass time latoya i love the finish i like the match i'm really digging the club
3: how about you Uh, I really liked the match. Uh, The one thing I didn't like about the match was just basically on commentary where they did that thing where they pretend like someone like Ricochet is just a complete rookie. Yeah. I I know the story they're trying to tell, but it it was, it got really grating. The more that they kept saying it, the longer the match went on. But I did, I love the story of the match. Obviously, AJ Styles, you know, you're forming the club because Ricochet beat him. And the whole thing is that, you know, Ricochet keeps coming back, even though AJ, he's doing everything, which is why he ends up, you know, with that second rope backwards Styles clash. He has to pull out all the stops to beat Ricochet. And yeah, I, I uh, appreciate the club in WWE. Uh, I hope they, like, really do something with it this time, honestly.
1: Uh, as do I, especially since they signed a new five year deal. My God. Uh, Alex, this match uh, was what we thought it would be, and yeah. that finish, ooh, I yeah. liked it.
2: Yeah, uh, this is great. Uh, this, this sets up uh, what I believe will be uh, some match between uh, Ricochet and Styles at SummerSlam. Wouldn't be surprised to see Ricochet get the title there and have uh, AJ move on to something bigger, because that's what they do now. If you lose the title, the mid-card title, you move on to the next step. I think that AJ with the club uh, demands that. But uh, Ricochet is um, is so great. Like this whole match, these guys were back and forth, doing everything they needed to do, uh, laying it in stiff. Uh, I, the sequences were amazing. Uh, that uh, Ricochet's Enzagiri uh, that stuns Styles, but he recovers long enough, hit the Pele kick, and both men go down in heaps. Like there's just really, really great selling uh, all, all the way across the board. I particularly loved that. They, they chose to not have Anderson put AJ's foot on the yeah. rope, but to call that it, that it was there because that's not cheating. That's just being a good guy at ringside. And then lest I think, oh, I like that, that, that they're not going to cheat in this match immediately. <laughs> they turn to cheating. Like, I think that that's really great because because they, they'll cheat if they need to, but if they don't have to, they won't. That's cool. I like that a lot. I like that. Whatever the situation calls for, that's what the club will be there to do for Styles. Styles as heel champ on any level is is really really interesting to me. And Ricochet's this is not his last uh, run. This he's he's going to be yeah.
1: great. Kevin Owens squashed Dolph Ziggler, kick, wham, <laughs> stunner. That's it. Says that he doesn't like Shane McMahon. That's a wrap.
2: <laughs> there was, look, 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 <laughs> Alex. Look, look.
1: There there was no other way to do this match.
2: No no not none. None. They knocked I, it out of the
1: park. I thought. Was,
2: it was perfect. Owens, Owens will never be as white hot over as he is right now. Like unless, unless he does this exact same thing to Shane McMahon at SummerSlam. Like, like he's he's a meteor scorching through the night sky. Like you gotta hitch your wagon to this guy right now and let him keep doing what he's doing because people are loving this all over social media. People are loving this thing too. I, I can't wait to see where this goes, but this was
3: exactly how to handle this match.
1: Latoya, you you on board with the Kevin Owens push?
3: Uh, I'm always on board with any Kevin Owens <laughs> push whatsoever, and just Dolph I'm on me. board
1: with your cat calendar.
3: Uh, it's actually, it's uh, ASPCA, so it's multiple animals. I love it. <laughs> uh, actually, what is July? I haven't talked yet.
1: Oh, my I gosh.
3: It's a cat. It is a cat. I, a cat.
1: <laughs> I have many a cats, but... Uh, Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Kevin Owens and his push the last two weeks have been monstrous for him. Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say earlier, uh, actually, my thing with the Shane McMahon, do we want to call it push? Uh, (laughs) just Overture, uh, whatever it is, is that it feels like WWE finally listened to everyone's complaints about how, you know, Stephanie McMahon never gets her comeuppance. So we'll make Shane this character because he can get his comeuppance, right? But the thing is, I feel like Shane in, like, the Mr. McMahon role doesn't work as well as – I think Stephanie is, like, the heir apparent to the Mr. McMahon character. She just can't get, you know, stuttered by everyone, which is the the, the real problem with all of this. Uh, But as much – as long as I can see, like, uh, Kevin Owens kick Shane's ass every week, I'm fine with it now. It's finally worth it. Finally.
1: Kofi Kingston retained the WWE Championship over Samoa Joe – Samoa Joe, the only man to actually beat Kofi uh, since really this, since WrestleMania, and the only person to beat him straight up since all this happened. Dolph Ziggler did pin him in a a two out of three falls match, which should not have happened, shouldn't have happened. And Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles beat him after he had been through a bunch of other people. But uh, Samoa Joe loses his eighth. Televised world title match in two years. Eight. Eight. Damn. This was a good match, though. Uh, Kofi got his leg swept and that knee hyperextended, and I was worried. Yep. But it looked like he was fine. They slugged it out. Joe stomped Kofi's fingers in the stairs. Thought that was a good spot. Went power slam to power bomb to STF. I do think that on that power bomb, he like gives it up a little easy and it looks like he's just giving up on the pin. Like after a one count and I'm like, damn dude, maybe you had him there. I know he doesn't, but it's like they always say, make every near fall count, whatever, whatever opportunity you have to put the shoulders on the mat, you do it. I was really fearful that this match would slow this show to a crawl. And it didn't, this was a way different than a lot of the Samoa Joe TV matches I've seen. Uh, but Kofi hit a trouble in paradise and won. I'm all for the Kofi push continuing he is still a hot character he is still doing great I'm still here for him uh being world champion Latoya your thoughts on this and uh, the the different roads that these two men seem to be taking
3: I mean I I love Kofi as champion I'm glad he wasn't the one who was cast in on but again I just I I love Samoa Joe and I just if Feels bad that he just keeps not winning the big one. It's also kind of like the Braun Strowman thing where, you know, okay, we're rooting for you. We know you can kick ass, and now you're going to lose when it counts, and that really sucks. Um, if only, yeah, if only there was everyone, let's give up more men event titles. How about that? That's what WWE needs more titles. I'm sure everyone wants that. <laughs> that way Samoa Joe can get uh, the Galactic Championship and we'll be happy. There you go.
2: Alex. Yeah, I, uh, I love Samoa Joe. Um, but he's, he's, uh, he's the new de facto Bray Wyatt. Like comes in, says, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to take your title. I'm going to do all this stuff. Basically stop short of calling himself a God, but like just short of calling himself a God and then loses. And that's, that's it. Like, that's his story. That's what he does. And, and that's the, that's not great. Um, but Kofi's, And this is a placeholder feud. Like Kofi's fighting, Kofi's the WWE champion. He's doing something major at SummerSlam. And major is not Samoa Joe, unfortunately. It could be, maybe it should be, but it's not. So I don't know what they're doing with Kofi at SummerSlam, but it ain't Samoa Joe. So this was a placeholder and we're moving on from it, which is too bad for Samoa Joe, but that's the way it is.
1: Reminder, guys, leave a thumbs up on this video if you're watching on YouTube, but we are on podcast platforms everywhere SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Libsyn, all over the place. And, of course, you can go to Fightful.com or FightfulPods.com, download them directly, stream them directly, watch them, whatever the hell you want to do. You can also go to FightfulSelect.com. That is the most direct way to support us. Lots of bonus podcasts, lots of exclusive news that goes straight to your inbox. Winner-take-all Extreme Rules match. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins defeated... Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Lacey has Seth embroidered across her ass. Does not quite have the same effect as Rick Rude with Jake Roberts' wife's face across his ding-dong. But uh, it, it
2: existed, Alex. Listen, um, it was a weird thing. Like, she pulled off her skirt, Right. And then, like, bent over, and the camera, like, zoomed in.
1: And, and Renee goes, problem... ew.
2: <laughs> the, the, the problem was, at the angle she was bending, and the angle where the, where the where the camera was going, it didn't show the letters. It just zoomed up her ass. That was it. It was like a colonoscopy from five feet away. And I, we didn't need to see that. Later, we realized what the, what that was. But it seemed like a weird flex. Like I can embroider four letters on my ass cheeks is a weird flex. She's a real okay.
1: woman, Alex. <laughs> she,
2: she is. She's a she's a real woman. You know how how all those classy Southern Bells love to write stuff on their ass.
3: This is like the third paper view in a row where she apparently didn't do the homework on what a lady is. She like dressed up like, a, like she was working in a saloon once. She had money guns. What what is a lady to you, the <laughs> Evans? So here's the thing. We got to get the Lacey Evans-Sasha
1: Banks feud because now Lacey Evans is going to start embroidering gear for everybody, Mm. taking Sasha's husband's work from (laughs) him, stepping on Mikazi's toes. That can't Mm -hmm. happen. Everybody's (laughs) going to have words embroidered on their ass now. Not (laughs) cool. Uh, Lacey and Corbin get worn out with kendo sticks. Corbin slams Rollins on a couple chairs, hit the DDT. I don't know why people are standing and waiting to be tagged. The only thing that a tag would affect here is the legal person to be pinned.
2: Yeah, it's weird.
1: But Becky beats Lacey's ass, face busts her into the chair, bexplode her onto a pile of chairs. I think all things considered, Lacey did really, really well in this match from what we know of her because she's had some real bad stuff happen of late. And she had a good uh, leg sweep, a good slingshot elbow, a good marrow salt. She was busted up a little bit uh Latoya what did you think of her performance tonight compared to some of them that she's had prior
3: definitely her best performance so far on the main roster except for when she accidentally hit Becky with the chair after like the chair just like (laughs) jumped out of her hands and she hit her in the nose I was really worried that everything was just going to come gushing out again um yeah this was definitely her best performance she should have put Seth on her breasts instead of her her ass that would have (laughs) been you wouldn't be able to see it better um but I, so I've enjoyed Lacey Evans in NXT. I was just kind of disappointed with her performances on the main roster. Every time something went wrong, I was like, oh no, this is it's not good. But she kept getting chances. So what do I know? Um, but yeah, best performance. I, there might be something wrong with me because I've enjoyed these really gimmicky matches. I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed the special referee match uh, at Stomping Grounds. I'm not saying I enjoy the whole Becky and Seth. They're a couple. Have you heard? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But if we're going to keep having people who lose definitively each time have matches against the champions, uh, these have not been terrible matches these past two two matches.
1: Becky follows up with a reverse DDT. Seth tags in, but Corbin's out. So he's (laughs) like, well, what do I do? I'm going to get some tables. Well, double choke slams from the heels. Double suplexes from the baby faces. We see those tables come back into play. Becky jumps off the second rope to the outside, leg drops. Lacey. Uh, Seth does a big splash on Baron. And then Becky gets hit with a uh, or actually Becky saves Corbin or saves Seth from a deep six. And Eats an end of days, and boy, did that get a reaction, Alex?
2: Yep, yeah. Uh, I, I literally clutched my pearls. I went, <gasps> you know, because that, that they don't do that in WWE. That's a, that's a major. That's a major no-no. Uh, they're, they're, both Lacey and um, and Becky got shots in on the boys, but the other way around doesn't happen. So that was a kind of a that was a major deal. Now, if the whole point of that. Was to then have Seth go nuts um, on on Baron and win. Okay. However, the where what it ultimately led to, I don't know if that end justifies the means. Also, with Becky, it kind of listen. Nobody kicks out of the end of days, and I understand that. Yeah. But it, but it looked like she was. They've done so much to be like the man's man, you know. Like Seth is. Seth is to- totally dotes on Becky, loves Becky, does everything that, like that's that's his thing that they're portraying. But it did a that one thing. Her getting end of days and out did a lot to like make her the damsel in distress, which she didn't yeah. need to be. Like I don't know, it's a weird, it's a weird deal. I don't know where this is going. All I know is that the end of the match means no more title shots for Corbin, no more title shots for Lacey Woo! Evans, and Yay. those things make me. A happy dude.
3: Well, that was when they were both champion though. So we'll we'll talk about that. I will yeah. say one thing I did like about the end of days and then Seth's reaction was um how Lacey Im- immediately bailed, like she was afraid yeah. that Seth was gonna do all of that to her. And she's like, Oh, oh no, I don't <laughs> yeah, want. I'm this. out. I'm out. <laughs> I don't I don't know them.
1: <laughs> so Latoya, when you see this as a woman and like I said, literally wrote the book on women's wrestling. Character in wrestling hits a woman with his finish. Mm -hmm. Do you see that as complete, just like character playing a role type of thing? Because, you know, it'll get criticism. Like there will be some politician in the future that'll bring that up when Linda McMahon's running some gimmick. They're going to be like, ah, the domestic abuse in 2019.
3: Uh, Well, I am actually, I'm also a fan of intergender wrestling, at least good intergender wrestling. And I, I do agree that it was like, I understand the NFJ is a heavily protected finisher, but you don't want to make the man the, the damsel. Because, honestly, she's not even really been the one in this storyline getting hurt as a character as much. Seth really has. Because everyone, like, everyone knows, obviously, Becky is the dominant one in this mm-hmm. on-screen relationship. So, really... And the, for the best that, like, obviously Seth is the one who loses his title at the end. but Becky still, you know, she keeps her championship. I'm, um, I'm
1: interested to see how that dynamic works tomorrow. If they're still on screen together, does Becky blame herself for not being there? Does for for her taking her eye off the ball or whatever that may be? And do they the never address
3: fa- that they're a couple ever again. They're yeah, that
1: they drop it because the fact that WWE never does this is probably why it got that
0: right.
1: <gasps> reaction. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And they they were. They were wise in that. Well, Seth did flip out, stomped him three times, him being Corbin, pronouns, wins the match, but Brock Lesnar shows up, cashes in money in the bank. 15 seconds later, he is universal champion. Now, I'm just, I'm not reporting anything here, but I'm going to guess that whole, hey, yeah, we're not doing the rematch thing probably doesn't last here. But I would like over the next few weeks of TV for somebody to say, well, hey, Seth there aren't any rematches because Brock didn't get one. Why should you?
3: I mean, they've honestly stopped that whole no rematches thing as evidenced by like the past three pay-per-views. Oh, yeah. Everything is a rematch. But also another reason I was upset Becky didn't get up is all I was thinking is kick him in the dick, Becky. Kick him I in the know. dick. Sure. I thought I, so good.
2: thought. I honestly thought that, that Brock was going to be standing there waiting for Seth to get up so he can give him the F5 and just from like the camera pans out a little bit, and we see Becky just reach up under there, get a good little Rick Rick set Flair up the stomp. Dick punch that would set up the stomp, and then Brock is out of our lives for for a few months. He's not in the title picture. And, He's gone.
1: And see, the thing is, I and I don't know how they could or would set this up for SummerSlam, but it would be a little less heelish if Becky Lynch did that here because Seth has already worked the match. Right? Seth just helped her out. And, and I, hey, I I would have to disagree. I don't think her taking the end of days and sitting out hurts her at all because it is the most protected finish in yes, pro wrestling right that, now.
2: That does help that.
1: But um, I was fully expecting that too. The old nut shot, the old right
2: in the penis Yep.
1: setting up <laughs> a curb stomp, and yep. then all is fair there because Brock's trying to capitalize. Right. Now, I'm sure they're setting up Seth versus Brock again at SummerSlam.
2: That's the main event of SummerSlam. But I
1: hope that Seth has to go through something on TV over the next few weeks to get us there because we've been told no rematches. Spoiler alert,
2: Sean, he won't. Um, the, the, The thing with this is that they were trying really hard, the announcers, Michael Cole and Graves especially, to tell the story of... Seth is just so messed up from watching his his uh, his girlfriend to get end of dazed that he can't possibly put up a fight against uh, Brock Lesnar. Um, and it's like, oh, OK. I mean, you could do this like you could say also that he had a fairly grueling match and or whatever. But it was like a thing of like Seth. Seth, his brain doesn't work right now because he saw this thing that put him, he's so crazed. I'm like, okay, fine. I mean, the the end result is that Brock is Universal Champion again. And the time that we spent with Brock as Universal Champion on Raw sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't,
1: I, I don't want it a long-term I, thing. I don't give a shit about Fox or USA or I, any of that.
2: I don't like the thing is, is that I, I I it doesn't like draw ratings because he's never there. So yeah. that's not a thing. Like if, if 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 he's signed a new deal where Brock's going to be there like every other week and just come out and if I have a guy and people going to go crazy. Okay, fine. But I don't think that's that's the deal. The, blessedly, we have basically like a month or three weeks basically, until uh, SummerSlam. And hopefully Brock loses the title then and then we can be washed of him. but I, because I'm kind of done with the whole Brock as universal championship guy.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't I think he was much more valuable with the briefcase not knowing when he was going to cash it in. Uh, Latoya, you want to put a bow on this one for us?
3: I've been done with Brock Lesnar as universal champion for years now. Yeah. And it's just the the chance of we, we want Lesnar. No, we don't. W- why do you want Lesnar? You just, you want Lesnar because you want something exciting to happen. And then you're going to bitch about hi- him being the champion the whole time. And now he's champion. So congratulations. Yeah. You got what you wanted.
1: I think there's a lot of value in Brock Lesnar. But one, he's got to be there if he's champion. And otherwise, there's not value in him not being champion. However... There was a lot of value in him being the money in the bank briefcase holder, whether he was there or not, because Paul is there every week. Uh-huh. So Paul can just stroll out, be a dick, and hit the bricks. And, and that that's a wrap. But, uh, you know, it's – we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm – you know what? If they – this is the old swerve, and they're taking the title off of him in a couple weeks, whatever. He has been around, and – on the show at least a little bit more than last time, but a little bit more isn't that much better because Alex, you and I reviewed 500 plus days (laughs) of raw where (laughs) the top prize on the brand didn't mean anything. They weren't fighting over anything. No, And that really, really hurt the show. Um, As we wrap up Latoya, tell us a little bit about your book.
3: Uh, My book on women's wrestling here. I have it. Right here.
1: It's a beauty. Look at that.
3: Yes. Uh, 100 profiles on women's wrestlers through all all history. Uh, My original pitch had over 200 plus, and I had to whittle (laughs) it down. Uh, Yeah, if you are a fan of wrestling, you probably are listening to this. Um, But even if you're not a fan of wrestling, it's just fascinating. A lot of ups and downs and more downs. And just I, I gained a lot of appreciation for, you know, even wrestlers I was never a fan of, like re- doing all the research and writing this. So, yeah, it's a labor of love. I, I hope everyone checks it out and enjoys it.
1: You all really should. Uh, it's modern day names. It's legendary names. It's mainstream names. It's indie names. People like Lufisto, who are who were instrumental in a lot of the careers that you see today. Uh, very, very great stuff. Uh, this is something you're going to want to check out. It is on Amazon. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out. You all can follow Latoya at LA Fergs. You can follow Alex at Palowski the fourth, but he'll be back with us Monday night. But Hey guys, check out the fight for the fallen review that we did. We got a lot of stuff coming to Fightful select overall. Let's kind of get our final thoughts in on this show. Uh, LaToya, what will you remember Extreme Rules 2019 for?
3: Extreme Rules 2019. Uh, Probably Lacey Evans' weird Seth trunks (laughs) that didn't have the desired effect. Uh, Let's see. Becky Lynch not hitting Brock Lesnar in the dick. Definitely remember that. Uh, Braun Strowman, Kool-Aid Manning. Uh Uh-huh. And Bailey just destroying Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross is saying, fuck this.
1: Alex, I'll probably remember this as one of the more consistent, enjoyable, top to bottom shows that WWE has put on, at least in, in the fightful era of last three, the last three years. Uh, how about you? What, what will your lasting memory of this show be?
2: Uh, I'll probably reference this show a bunch. Uh, angry at myself for allowing myself to be fooled into thinking The Undertaker can really still go. I mean, don't you remember 18 months ago at Extreme Rules when he <laughs> had that great match? What happened? Oh, he got a year and a half older. That's what happened. Oh, they
1: <laughs> think they can book him in singles matches for 15 minutes again.
2: That's right. I'll also remember it uh, the the day that Kevin Owens as Steve Austin really took over. hmm <laughs>
1: Guys, thank you all so much. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, leave that thumbs up. Subscribe. That stuff really helps. And hey, if you're not, go over to iTunes. If you don't listen there, leave a nice five-star review. That helps more people find us. Until next time, guys, we are out.